There's a difference between do-it-yourself and do-it-for-a-living. At The Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production and may not be suitable for all audiences. Brothers and sisters, get around. It's time for the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. All right, hello everyone. I am Billy Dees, and this is the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth podcast. My co-host, as always, is Sugar Shane. What's up, man? Uh, chilling, man. Doing all right. All right, cool. And sitting in with us tonight, as he often does, is Jack Casey. What's going on? Hey guys, how's it going? Oh, well, it's man. okay. It's okay. <laughs> I had a good weekend. Well, what did you do? Friday night, me and uh, Tony the Tiger and his girlfriend, along with my wife, went and saw uh, Halloween. Oh, yeah? How was it? It's your typical stalker movie, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah. will go. I will go with Tony on it. That I'm glad they didn't make him like a real big, huge dude, you know? Some yeah. humongous guy. But uh, it's still just, you know... That's just a stalker movie, man. It's just saying, you know, once they've been done, man, there ain't no way to really reinvent them except you'd have to really go some whole different direction. And, right, I got you. I got you. And if they're not making that, they're making them uh, exorcism movies now. Everything's got to be little kids possessed. Ben Christina was talking about that on the way home at night. Kid, they'll have kids in movies now, eight, nine years old black yeah. eyes and everything else. And I'm like, good God, you've never seen that, man, 30 years ago. Yeah, I was actually I, surprised I, not to be a spoiler, but th- there was actually a kid killed in this movie. Yeah, they they do that now. Before that was never done, but mm-hmm. that is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they do that now. Yeah, yeah. I guess I got to push that envelope a little bit further. Yeah. And then Saturday, uh, me and Christina went out to eat, and then, uh, we had to, her sister watched the boys, and then I think that's about it. But yeah, she paid my game off that I told you about. Man, me and Jack Casey have been talking about playing this new Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a new Western. It's a Western game, but it's made by Rockstar, which is the same people that do Grand Theft Auto. 
So pretty yeah. much you're slapping that old west feel with the Grand Theft Auto playstyle. You travel all over the map, all over the world. You got all these missions and side missions and whatnot. And it's a very, very, very advanced game. And this is going to be the largest download that Xbox has ever had. Really? It's 100 gigabytes. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's a big, huge map. I had to yeah, clear some space in order to be able to get ready for this game. Mm. Yeah, it comes with two data discs, too. It's like one of those very rare PlayStation games that has two. So yeah. it's going to be, a, I guess it takes 60 to 80 hours to get through, from what I've been reading. Man, to beat, I don't the, know. To beat the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it probably does. That's what, yeah, it, it, hell, the first one took a while. Yeah, I put a good yeah. 40, 50 hours in the first one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, that's one thing I gotta tell you. I've never, uh, I've never been bitten by that I think, bug. I think you would like this one, Billy, if you ever picked it yeah. up and played it. Yeah, I think you would like it just because of the feel of the time period and the whole, the whole storyline. Because there's a storyline you follow with it too, as well. And uh, I think, I mean, I don't know if you'd play it like I did, beat it three times. But I probably I think, not. But but I think you would like to run through it once. <laughs> You know, all right. As far as it, because you, 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 it's almost like it's a motion picture feel. Oh, okay. It's that good, and I can't imagine what this one's going to be because this is seven years later when graphics has gotten better. Yeah. Oh, it looks like a beautiful game from the uh, yeah previews I've seen. I know I've sent a couple of them to you. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Hmm. Well, one of these days I might have to give that a shot. Just to let everybody know, if this is your first time joining the program, we are live two nights a week. The first one is Monday evening at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again on Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us, follow us, tweet us on Twitter at Sweet Truth Radio. And we are the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth now on iTunes, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. All yes, right. we are on iTunes now. That's awesome. And, of course, on Spreaker as well, on the Spreaker app, which is free. The only you thing different. The, ch- the only thing okay, different. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. I was go just going to say, with the uh, Spreaker app, which is free, you can uh, live chat with us. And for that matter, you can live tweet us, too. And uh, tweet us anytime at uh you know sweet truth uh radio so uh yeah anytime you want to tweet us a story idea or a comment be sure and do that but now go ahead what were you going to say shane oh i was just going to say i don't really care for the new itunes update uh, oh really got, yeah um it used to be when you submitted a podcast and they approved it all i had to do was go in there and uh when i did a podcast on spreaker it automatically uploaded to the tweet to the itunes Okay. It went straight to it. Well, now, like when this show's over with, it won't be on iTunes yet. I got to go into uh, iTunes, go to submit a podcast, go to the podcast that I've already submitted, which is a Sanctuary of Sweet Truth, and re just resubmit it type deal. And what it does is it has to read that most recent episode, for it, and then it spits it out. Can take up to 24 hours. Usually doesn't take that long. But... It's like a whole bunch of shit you got to do, man. It's like, damn. Sounds like a lot of clicking. You're going to get carpal tunnel, buddy. Yeah, I know, man. But if that (laughs) don't get you, something else will. So what the hell? (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys uh, uh, 
Did you guys hear about uh, Elon Musk, this underground transport system? Apparently that uh, this might actually get tested as soon as December in Los Angeles. Is that the underground light rail that he was talking about? Yeah, I'm not, exa- I'm not exactly sure um, what propels it's like a, it. It's, it's a, it sits on an electric field or something. I'm not exactly sure I think sure it's a maglev it system. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Uh, it you, there's these pods, I guess. They hold, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a dozen or more people, 15, 16 people, something like that. I'm not sure. And uh, you know how you go through a bank and you put that little canister in the tube? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is that. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and and, it, and it, you go down into this tube and you get shot through the city. And uh, you get where you're going, like, really fast. Um, I think it's I something like 200 miles per hour. Yeah, it's pretty close to that. 150, 200, yeah, something like that. So, uh, God. You can get around yeah. New York in no time. Absolutely. That's the whole idea. God. Um, How safe do you t- think that is, though? I, I don't know enough about it, but I'm going to say that if you're in a tube, there's not too, you know, you can't, like, go off the rails. So probably the worst thing that can happen is you stall out somewhere along the line. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't know enough about this thing, but um, um, I'm guessing that a, a quote-unquote crash is probably pretty unlikely. Oh, okay. I mean, what I, I was I, reading about this um, quite a while ago, I don't know if it's changed or not. He wants to do a uh, like kind of a maglev train that uh, you know uses magnetic levitation, kind of like some of the ones out in Japan. Yeah, but also goes through a vacuum sealed tube. Well, I'm, I'm guessing that it would have to have some sort of a. Va- I mean, they couldn't have a 100% vacuum, but I, I'm guessing that uh, there has to be lower pressure in there because the air couldn't get out of the way fast enough if you're in a tube. Right. So. Um, yeah, I'm guessing that that has to be some of the some of the idea behind the design. So anyway, it's it's an interesting proposition. Um, you know, he's an interesting guy. I have a feeling he's a lot like Steve Jobs. He's probably got some quirks to his personality that we're just now learning about. Yeah, but but uh, he is uh, he he's definitely changing things up. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, he's a. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. I don't know. I just don't care for technology going that fast, that quick, man. I just well, it's supposed to go 700 miles an hour. God damn. That's man. insane. Jesus. I don't want my damn body inside a fucking tube doing 700 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, that, that's it. I could be wrong about this, but I think that's for the longer distances. Like if you're going from, you know, Cleveland to uh, Detroit. You mean they're going to uh, have they- these set up from city to city? Well, th- that's that's a little ways off. Th- this thing here, from what I understand, is more of a, a, a municipal transport system. Okay. And uh, I, I uh, here again, I the, the detail, we're, we're, we're speculating. I'm just telling the audience uh, we're telling you know we're speculating a lot on this. Right. Uh, I, I've heard I've heard uh, you know some of the, of people talking that this would be an alternative to traffic. I, I don't I don't believe that. Um, if you've ever been in any of those large cities, uh, you're talking about millions of cars. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that something like this would have an impact great enough to take a, a substantial amount of traffic from from the highways. Yeah. But and that's what a lot of the uh, city planners and critics are are saying they've about trying, this. Plan they've been trying to do that in Atlanta for years. 
they've been trying to get people to carpool, trying to get people to take MARTA. Hell, MARTA's yeah. going under. You can't even make enough money, and ain't nobody carpooling. The HOV lanes ain't never got nobody in them. Yeah. Because everybody's still just single drives, man. Because it's just, yeah. uh, it's just the way that city is, and it's always bumper to bumper with cars. So I don't, I'm like you, I don't see how this would make that big of a dent. Yeah, I can't imagine. But now, if, it was a, now, if they were to set it up city to city, I would have to consider it because I think it might be a little safer than flying. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. That's a tough nut to crack. Uh, right. Flying's pretty safe these days. I was going to yeah. say, to be fair, flying is actually seen as the safest mode of transport um, anywhere. I mean, even better than bicycles, cars, wow. trains. Like I guess I gotta um, have a little more confidence in it. I'm just scared to death, man, of the damn things. I just, just a fear. Well, well you gotta figure a-, a plane that has like say a hundred passengers on it will crash maybe once every three or four years. And out of the millions and millions, maybe even billions of flights that happen every year, I mean that's a very, very low probability. Whereas you look at the number of people who have been killed in car accidents, drunk driving, hit on a bike, derailments, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Statistically, I mean, yeah, it, it seems a little scarier, but it's really not. In, in that amount of time uh, that he just talked about, two or three years, I'm not sure how many times, but the the equivalent of the entire population of the United States gets flown around the world several times without a fatality. Okay, there is absolutely no way that you could say that about the highway system. Absolutely uh. no way. Okay. No, hell no. I almost got killed the other night by some dumbass on her cell phone. Mm. Yeah. And uh, um, so, yeah, flying is, is, is safe. It, what's happening to you is is a psychological thing called familiarity. And familiarity is, is something that gives you a sense of security. That's why you're safe in your car. Because you have the... the uh, or you feel safe in the car, I should say. That you, you, you know, it's your car. You're in it every day. You know exactly where all the controls are. You know where the light switch is, and da da da. da. So, you, because of the fact that you're so familiar with your car, you feel safer in it. Right. When you get on that, most of us don't fly very often. Uh, but the few times we get in a plane throughout the course of a year or two or what have you, you know, you're on the runway. It's a great big thing, and you hear all kinds of creaks and stuff that you're not familiar with. And all of a sudden, you get you know pushed back in your seat when yeah. it takes off. There's all this thrust, and th- these are things that you're not familiar with. I hate so you become nervous. But it's statistically, like like Jack was saying, every every statistic in the world is going to tell you that the most dangerous. That's what the airline industry says, and they're so right. The most dangerous part of any flight is the drive to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, See, it's not so much that I hate like the actual act of flying itself. That doesn't bug me. I just hate dealing with security delays. Oh, the hassle, yeah. The yeah, crowds, the hassle. The parking. Oh my god, yeah. I oh, once dude. had a flight that was so delayed that uh, it was it was uh, I think out to Boston that um, I actually could have driven there in the time it Damn. took me to fly there, and it would have cost me less money. Jesus, that's when it pisses you off, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only ever really had uh, one bad experience flying uh, in terms of scary. Um, uh, and, uh, this was a long time ago. I used to fly out to Vegas a lot. There was uh, a trade show that I went out to uh, every year. and uh, Plus, I would go out there for recreation other times through the year. So I would fly out to Vegas you know, fairly often. And uh, one day we were landing. And... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that out there, but when you have moisture falling through dry air, that's a very 
dangerous thing for planes because what happens is is that that's that's a recipe for wind shear. Hmm. And uh, I was landing in Vegas, and it was overcast that day. And you, t- you typically don't have a whole lot of rain in Vegas, but there was a light rain that day. And um, just as the plane's rear wheels, you know how they land on the rear wheels, just as the plane was about to hit, it I don't know what happened. It kind of like you could feel like air underneath the plane, and it turned, and it and the wheels hit sideways. They didn't, you know, they didn't land square with the forward oh, momentum. Lord. You know, the plane kind of turned sideways and then landed, and I I went over the handrail. <laughs> I, went, oh, I, was, uh, I was strapped in my seat. I got kind of jerked into the, and everybody did. And uh, that was a hard landing because as soon as that plane hit, it squared up, and <laughs> wow. got thrown to the left. You know, thrown to the left and then back into their seat again. You need a and, new pair of pants after that, didn't you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, nobody got hurt or anything. But there was it was real quiet on that plane till we came to the, to the uh, you know the thing where you get off. It was really quiet. <laughs> so, the, only, but, uh, the only delay I that? ever the only delay I've ever had far as an airport it was a one day delay. <laughs> uh, I was here and we were getting ready to go back home. To when I this is when I lived in Georgia, and we were me and Christina were flying back to Georgia, and. Uh, we got to the airport. Come to find out, I don't know if you remember. Not it wasn't nine eleven, but it was after that. A few years later, they had that incident where uh, somebody tried to put something in jelly, like shampoo or some shit. I forget oh, what it was. Oh, okay, uh-huh. And they had well, we were supposed to leave the day that happened, and they ended up canceling all flights, and we didn't get to go again till the next day. Was that so. the guy who had that stuff in his underwear, or was yeah. it the other guy who had? No, it was okay. Him. It was him. Yeah, I remember that idiot. Well, they canceled all the flights that day because of that, so we had to wait till the next day to go because of that. And then one time, I don't think it was that time, one time we, we, we didn't get delayed in the sense of our flight canceled, but uh, we got delayed because we were uh, on the plane and it snowed here, and they had to wait till all the snow got off the wings before they could take off. Hmm. So I, 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 got, I got to tell you, man, putting uh, uh, explosives in your underwear and getting out, man, that takes a lot. Yeah, that takes, that's a, that takes a lot of balls, man. Hey, <laughs> he might not have any. Yeah. He might not have any shortly, but at the present moment, he's got a big set. <laughs> Imagine if almost like half went off and it was just like an M80 powered one and didn't do any damage except it blew his dick off. Oh, I God. Mean, hey, Darwin we, kicked in for once, you know. Yeah, he got what he deserved. Well, you know what? On a plane, though, when it's at full altitude, when it's pressurized, you don't need a big explosion. Oh no! That, yeah, I mean, it's uh, just enough to put a little hole in the side. That's all. Oh it yeah, it don't take much. That's for damn yeah. sure. So, one hole will suck everybody out of it. Uh, one, uh, uh, the program uh, is is uh, titled in regard to waiting for the midterms to be over. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with this. Are you guys, uh, I'm sure the rest of the listeners are too, are you guys, uh, I'll start with you, Jack. Um, are you guys tired of all of the ads and all of the things in, on, on online and all that other stuff? I keep seeing the same ones over and over again to the point where I almost dream right. about them, and it's driving me absolutely nuts <laughs> to the point where I don't even want to watch YouTube or TV or anything anymore. Yeah. I've actually been reading more because of it because I'm just so sick of it. <laughs> well, that might be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. I mean, if it gets people away from the, uh, you know, all the uh, uh, crazy media, that might be a good thing. How about you, Shane? I'll say that um, I'm tired of, 
but I wouldn't be so tired of them if I was actually learning something from them. But to be honest with you, I don't know if you've noticed the ads they've had out this year. This year, they ain't worth shit. Uh, they don't really. They don't really tell you much. I've only seen three different issues. There's this one that always pops up on YouTube for me about some woman who lost her daughter to heroin years ago, and Secretary General or whoever the hell it is um, hasn't <laughs> done anything about it. Yeah. And um, the other one I've seen has been uh, Richard Corduroy saving lots of money from Wall Street while Mike DeWine rolls around and donators bills. And then the one in yeah. response to that is that Richard Corduroy, and this is from the Republicans, which makes it so ironic, is that Richard Corduroy should not be governor because he didn't test some rape kits. Yeah, yeah. So now all of a sudden you guys care about sexual assault. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I buy that. Right on. But those are the only right, three I've right, really right. seen. I haven't really seen any other ones. They just play on repeat like over and over again. Uh, it just drives yeah, me nuts. It, it's getting to the point where you almost tune them out. But but here's here, here here's the bottom line. A lot of these negative ads and a lot of the mudslinging and the, and the distorted truths, so let's, let's call them that. The bottom line is with this, people always ask, why is there so much negative advertising? Why is it uh, the political heads are always throwing mud and blah, blah, blah. The answer is this. They spend millions upon millions upon millions of dollars on these ads, okay, nationwide. And they wouldn't be doing that if they didn't work. So, so... What you have to ask yourself is why are people so easily influenced by them? Well, one thing you got to take in consideration is that um, people tend to remember negative things over positive things a lot better. Which is why, you know, like say uh, a lot of the cops who get a lot of heat for shooting somebody, but you never really hear about any good deeds that the cops do, you know? Yeah, sure. So in a lot of ways, negativity is more effective because it kind of implants in your mind that there's some kind of dark entity that you don't want in office rather than each side, like, congratulating each other on things. It's just you'd never really see that happen. Right, right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, 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 As somewhat of an amateur historian, though, I, I, I feel that the crowds were always manipulated by, by mudslinging. I mean, you could go back 150 years for that. Uh, but by the same token, though, you know, if if you look at uh, some of the some of the things about uh, Lincoln and some of the things that he said during his campaigns, you know, you're talking about a guy who is very gangly, uh, very tall, and the from what I understand, he didn't have a voice that carried very well. He had a, a relatively uh, uh, small uh, presence in, in terms of his uh, the physical part of his speaking. Well, obviously he was a great orator in terms of writing, but um, he, he had a limited ability to carry his voice. So what I would worry about, could Abraham Lincoln get elected today? Um, that's, you know, that's a... I don't think he's a big enough entertainer. Yeah. That's what we had in the last damn bout. We had Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, the two damn entertainers. Like I told you, like, I mean, you talked about it one night on a podcast. That last damn debate they had. That was a damn Yo, joke. It was ridiculous. It was just yeah, it was a ridiculous. damn clusterfuck. Sure. I'm like, it was like he was sitting there walking around her and all this shit, like he, and, and doing his damn little looks and all that kind of shit at the crowd. And I'm like, this dude, all he's doing is just trying to be an entertainer. Yeah. That's what it looked like. But they both were guilty of it. 
Yeah. It, it was a shit Certainly. show. Yeah. So, uh, Jack, do you think um, Abraham Lincoln could get elected today? I don't know. Um, one thing that we're missing about him is actual, like, video. And, um, yes, of course, yeah. Being able to see how he actually did an act. Yeah, we himself. don't know. Because when you hear about the Gettysburg Address, it's, you know, said to be one of the most iconic speeches of American history. Oh, Certainly. yeah. But nobody can see how he delivered it. Like, delivery, I believe, is you oh, know, one-third. Yeah. So, I would think based on principles, he would be electable today. But, um, I mean, it's just things are so drastically different now. I mean, it's, it's like looking at um, Middle English versus Old English versus Modern English in a lot of ways. And um, I don't really see a very big country-shattering divisive issue either like slavery was back then. All right. So it'd be really it'd be really kind of hard to say now if I could see a video of him speaking or you know um, giving his addresses and stuff like that then uh, I might be able to have a better answer on that but yeah. I kind of remain skeptical. Um, you have to go to the library to get one of those. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think based on the principles that he ran on and stuff like that, he'd make a decent candidate, but I don't know how he would go up against, as Shane said, some of these entertainers. Yeah. And, um... Yeah. And it's not just Donald Trump, and it's not just uh, Hillary Clinton. It's people in Congress. It's people the senators. It's, it's all kinds. There's all kinds of them certainly. now. I see, them, yeah. I see them on every level. Yeah. One of, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes uh, out of a Chuck Palahniuk novel called Lullaby. Uh, he says, "Big Brother isn't w- actually watching you. He's actually singing and dancing, and you know, pulling rabbits out of hats. Yeah. Anything to distract you from what's really going on." I'm paraphrasing, of course. I've actually got the book right next to me, but um, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it it's so far between those times and modern times that it's it's really honestly hard to say. And you're yeah, right. It, delivery it, it, is a big deal. Yeah, it is, and uh, but but my my point was is there was a lot of substance in 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 those elections back then, and um, here again the mudslinging was still there, but there was substance to it, and a lot of that maybe was because people read about uh, because obviously newspapers were the definitive media of the time. And uh, there were people that obviously worked for newspapers that, uh, you know, were journalists and could write very well and understood a lot of the the methods and a lot of the messages that the politicians were doing. And that kind of got translated to the general public. Now it kind of goes unfiltered. Mm. Okay, it, it, it just goes out uh, and he can say the most, you know, wild things and any of them can. <clears throat> And it has an impact on the general public. Right. And this is going to sound like a, like a real terrible thing to say, and, I, and, and forgive me for saying this, but the fact of the matter is, the honest truth is, is the founding fathers of this nation knew the general public couldn't be trusted. That's oh, one of yeah. the reasons. That's one of the reasons why it's a uh, you know the type of democracy that it is is a representative republic, because they knew the general public couldn't be trusted. And, and they can't uh, be. yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you, you have uh, uh, all this unfiltered, real-time news flying into, into the palm of people's hands. And it, it doesn't get analyzed. It doesn't get put into any type of context. 
you know like you were talking about there jack with with something like a shooting uh you don't hear the good things about the police do and, and a lot of times you don't hear the full context of what that shooting what that well what might have led up to it all you know it's just the video here it is what what, what do you got to say yeah. about this and um um and it's it's that way with everything and uh every, everything is uh you know instant uh delivery of the news instant reaction the facts be damned what oh, happened yeah. earlier be damned the context of it be damned well we got a president uh, don't even check the facts where he gives a damn speech yeah <laughs> yeah well I, I said about the Kavanaugh hearings I mean uh there was a that there was a classic case there well quite frankly I don't feel he was treated correctly and I don't like the guy but I, I, I don't I don't feel that she was cr- treated correctly either what happened was as soon as those allegations became public, the defenders of Judge Kavanaugh painted her out to be a liar, and the people who didn't like Judge Kavanaugh painted her out to be telling the truth before they heard word one mm-hmm. of any type of the facts. And, uh, you know, we often say, well, how come we can't reach a middle ground? How come we can't, uh, you know, work things out? And that's because people on, 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 on sides of these types of issues, the people on the extremes of these sides, they're not interested in that. They're interested in making a political impact. They don't care about the truth. But they're not making they an impact. They're not say that making, again? They're not making an impact. Oh, they're they certainly impact. are. They're, they're not impact. Don't, they're making an impact, but it's not making an impact in their favor. Uh, I, and they're going to find I, that shit out November the seventh. I'm telling you, man. I don't. Well, really, I, I think it's going to be fooled. I, I don't I, think I don't Democrats know what are going. I don't. Th- I'm just saying. I don't think the. Dem- I think that the Democrats. Both parties are. Both parties have their extremes. Oh, I, that, that's just what I was saying. Correct. Yeah. Both parties have their extremes. But with that being said, it seems like the liberals sometimes and their extreme groups go a little bit further than what should be done. Like with the bloody head of Donald Trump and things like that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the, go ahead. Not to say Donald Trump hasn't had his faults, because I think he tweets a bunch of bullshit. But, sure. But, but that's like I said, they got their extremes on both sides. But I think that Donald Trump and all these Republicans are going to use that shit to manipulate the crowds. And oh, there's gonna, no question they are. And there's going to be a lot of people show up and vote Republican because they're tired well, of hearing that shit. Well, you got to uh, be able to get, you got to be able to deliver your side, right? With let in me a throw, c- let me, convincing way, but not an argumentative way. Let me throw this out there, and then um, after I make my point, I want to get Jack's reaction. Um, Shane is right. Oddly enough, one of the things I was going to mention in, in, in today's program was uh, in early voting, uh, right now the Republicans are slightly outpacing the Democrats. Um, I, I don't know that that's here nor there. That, could, that might not mean anything. But I, I will say this about the Kavanaugh hearings. I hear so much about, well, is that going to favor, uh, you know, uh, because of the fact that, you know, women are going to come out and vote uh, Democratic and this and that after the Kavanaugh hearings. Quite frankly, my prediction is that both sides are going to come out. I have a feeling for for a midterm election, the turn the turnout is going to be fairly large. Yeah, I think so, too. I've, I know a people I know a lot of people that have already done early vote. Yeah. So I, I, I would say that, uh, you know, the uh, the images of people laying down on courthouse steps and laying down in the paths of, of of elevators opening and all that. 
uh, that's going to bring out conservatives. And it, by the same token, you know, you have that performance by that judge where he acted, I'm, I'm going to say, like a crybaby. And that's what he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, you know, a lot of women are going to come out. So what would you say, Jack? What, what, what would you uh, predict on this? Well, first of all, i got to say that um, the uh, voter registration uh, activists, like the ones who are going out registering everybody, um, have been the most numerous and most aggressive I've seen for a midterm ever okay, in my right, entire right. life. Mm-hmm. Both sides are genera- uh, energized, no question. And um, I do think, I do agree that there's going to be a lot more uh, people of both sides out to vote. Um, my prediction for the midterms, I don't think there's going to be a blue li- or a blue wave. Right. I think the Dems are going to gain a few seats, but it's not yeah. going to be anything substantial enough to change anything. And yeah. I mean, I, I do generally vote Democrat. I will be this November, of course. Um, but uh, I and my other worry too is I don't know how much uh, the third parties are going to soak up either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that's be always careful. just. That's always just a variable that nobody can ever predict. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, as being liberal, uh, I, I kind of don't like our extremists on our party either because they do make us look bad. Um, right. Well, just like I, me. I believe they do drive some people like out of the party to vote for the other side. But I mean, I guess you could say the same of like say the Proud Boys or any of those other you know far right extremist types. Um, right. I mean, if it were up to me, we could take the extremes of both sides and put oh, them in a stadium yeah. and give them I, weapons, let them duke it out, watch it on HBO. But you know, yeah, no, I don't like. I don't like extremes on either side. It don't matter oh, which one true. it is. Yep. It just seems to me that nobody wants to sit down and actually have a rational conversation about anything anymore. It's either right. a straight no. up, it's either a straight up attention whoring, or trying to get your little bit of fame, or it's yeah. just it's b just going out and you know enjoying causing as much chaos as possible. Exactly. I mean, sure, they got their signs with their little issues and all that stuff on there, but you know, most of these people wouldn't, you know, give a crap about yeah what yeah, they're talking right. about as long as they get to swing their little swords and you know bash each other and stuff like that. Uh, That's what used to get me about the damn Wall Street uh, protest they had in New York that time, and I was like, "Well, you got all these people in the damn middle of fucking Monday or Tuesday or whatever days they were doing it. Maybe they've been a few a longer than that." up there protesting at Wall Street. Do these people not have fucking jobs? That's what I said. They don't, why ain't they looking for one? Well, they didn't really have a cohesive <laughs> message either. <laughs> no, and a lot they of didn't. These, and it's gotten worse if you ask all me. It, all their like message was protests. all their stupid ass message was, and I don't mean no offense, but this is exactly what their message sounded like to me. Eat you got rich. all the fucking money you ought to give us some because we're just fucking entitled to it because we're fucking Americans and that's just it. That's what it sounded yeah. like to me. Just being honest. It sounded like straight up stupid shit. And I'm not just, rich. Yeah. There really just wasn't any cohesive message. That's part of why it failed so hard. Right. It was just protesting to protest. And honestly, I, I think it's gotten worse since the Occupy Wall Street protests because that's all they really do nowadays. Yeah. It's just one giant like smorgasbord of you know this issue and that issue when there's no real focus on one or two major things going on and it's just yeah, people right. fighting just to fight well, that's why I don't go to protests together. or any of that anymore we need to get we need the people to get their heads together everybody get on board so we can do something with health care yeah that's the that's the one thing that's got me a little worried but quite frankly um, oh yeah would me too yeah they, 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 I, uh, 
you know what? When I first heard about the Affordable Care Act, which people refer to kind of loosely as Obamacare, um, the the one thing that uh, I was apprehensive about was I didn't want them to straddle the fence. I, I either wanted them to go on the side of having some sort of a centralized payment system, or or strictly regulate the private sector of insurance. I, I didn't want them to straddle the fence, and that's ex- that's pretty much what it did, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you had little elements of both, and uh, but e- even the proponents, the the objective people, the proponents of of, of the Affordable Care Act, admitted that it did need fixing. It did it did need some things that uh, needed to be adjusted on it. And, and one of the things here again, if if I would have been elected in, in 2016, if I can imagine myself as a candidate, one of the things that I would have done. Uh, would be to come up with a bipartisan way to fix the things in Obamacare that needed fixed, okay? And, and it could have gone to the conservative side, you know, um, and uh, just, you know, introduce some bills, work with some senators, so on and so forth, uh, you know, to fix some of the funding and some of the other things. But instead, they they they... They ran on this thing of just repeal it because, and I never understood why people bought bought the argument because it takes away your freedom. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, now they've partially dismantled it, and now it's 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 really limping along. And of course. Uh, conservatives say, "Well, Obamacare isn't working." Well, yeah, well, it's it, it hasn't had much support over the last few years. No. So, um, I'm, and they, I don't know what the solution is. I don't, I don't care. Well, okay, well, what's the alternative to if this Affordable Care Act was really the latest sign of the apocalypse, as you claim it was? What is your alternative? And and you don't hear much about that. I really have not heard from any. There's a lot of things. There's, there's a lot well, of things. A, a coherent answer to that question. What's that? There's a lot of things he says I don't I don't hear any solutions for. Well, it's not just him. I mean, the no, Republicans lot, were yeah, the Republican they were against, they were against the Affordable Care Act from day one, yeah. and it had its problems. I'm not defending it. It had its problems, um, but uh, I, I I don't know what the what the solution is. It, it just seems like for such a wealthy nation to let people die. Or be totally financially wiped out because of a catastrophic diagnosis. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't understand that. Yeah, That's yeah, an yeah. interesting fact. The United States, uh, as a country, dropped almost twenty six places on the uh, the world index of uh, life expectancy this past yeah. year. I wouldn't doubt it. And, and you know, I don't wow. know. Uh, I'll start with you on on this, Shane. Let, let me ask you this: if one of the things that I would might here again, if I was a politician and I had some pool and I was high up in the in the federal government, the one thing that I might suggest is not offering a health care plan plan that pays for every little thing. Okay, right. Um, if you're if you're on assistance or what what have you, you know, obviously, you know that that can get worked out a different way. But for those that can. Um, I, I would recommend having an alternative health care plan where it wouldn't pay for everything. And this is what I mean. Me as an individual, if I, you know, if I'm 25, 30 years old, uh, something like that, 
And my biggest worry isn't going to the doctor because I have a sore throat. If I have to pay for that, you know, I'm not necessarily happy about it. Would I rather pay buy something else for myself? Sure. But going to the doctor and getting a prescription for, you know, a strep throat or something like that isn't going to keep me up at night. Right. What What is going to keep me up at Open night? heart surgery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something catastrophic being wrong. And I don't see why we couldn't have some sort of a, a, a governmental universal plan that would protect people against catastrophic diagnoses. But the, the, the criticisms of people nicking and, nickel and diming the system are correct. Yeah. That's, that's where a lot of the bleeding comes from in financing these programs. Well, I don't know if you remember so, me telling you about uh, not trying to change subject or nothing. I'm just on the same sure. subject. But remember, right. I, I don't okay. know if you remember me telling you about that chiropractor who kept wanting us to come back to get work done on us after we had an accident. Okay. And uh, finally, I just finally told my aunt and uncle, I said, I'm fine. I ain't going to keep coming back. Because he had us going three right. times, four times a week. And I, I said something to my brother about it the last time we were down there. I said, what happened to him? He said, oh, you didn't hear? I said, no. He was He's in jail for uh, fraud charges and whatever. <laughs> yeah. For, that's what he was doing, that insurance happens. fraud. Yeah. That does happen. I, I don't know if it's as rampant as the conservatives claim it is, but it, it is a problem. It is absolutely a problem. Um, I, I've said from the very beginning, uh, the real problem with our attitude towards healthcare is the idea that it's insurance. Everybody starts about well, you got to have a free market to balance it. Blah blah blah. Uh, the, the problem is, is the concept of insurance does not belong in healthcare. Insurance, just like the word implies, insurance. It is a backup plan. For example, if I sell a hundred uh, driving insurance policies to a hundred people. Statistically, over that next year, very few of them are going to have an accident, if any, out of 100. Okay, right. So the, the, the money pool that gets created can pay for those accidents. Okay, And it works because the people who have the least risk pay the least. And the people who are high risk pay the most. And, of right. course, you don't it, driving is something you can live without doing if you have to. Okay, And if you are going to drive, you have to have a backup plan if the worst happens. You have to have a backup plan. That is what insurance is. Now, why doesn't that work with health care? Because everybody needs health care. You're born in a hospital. I don't even buy this argument that young people don't need it as much. Yeah, they don't need it as much you know, throughout the course of a year, but they can have a catastrophic illness. They can have leukemia. They can get diagnosed oh, yeah. with some horrible. You know, they can break a leg. They can have an appendicitis. And unless you're independently wealthy, if you have a, a surgery like an a, a appendicitis and, and you're in the hospital several days, that can be a, a, a something you'll be paying off for years. For years. Oh, yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, so everybody Easy. needs it. Everybody needs it. So this idea that it's insurance, that there's some sort of a, you know, some sort of a calculated thing that we have to take, who's risk, who is it? Everybody needs it. Period. Even in even in the in the context of preventative health care, everybody needs it. We don't call it um, retirement insurance. <laughs> okay, if you live long enough to retire, you're going to need it. Um, so I, I really, no matter what side of the issue of this that you're on, we really have to consider this as an investment in your health care. Everybody has to understand that. They ought that to come you, up with a branch of the government, or however you want to call it, that's just medical for health aid. 
and the doctors work for it and they get paid according to their skill from that department like the FBI pays their you know yeah sounds like somebody likes universal health care I mean it sounds like to me that's how it would work um, I don't necessarily. Some of the things that conservatives, some of the worries they have about uh, universal health care are well founded. I believe that doctors and nurses need to be, uh, that has to be a profitable thing to get into. I, I, you know, there's been people in my family who, who went to school almost until they were 40 years old before they started making real money. You know, until wow. they went through all the medical schools, all the, all the, the, you know, the undergraduate stuff and then the postgraduate stuff and um, all the special training and all the internships and all this, that, and the other thing. They were in their mid to late 30s before they started. And you can't expect people to go to school after high school for 20 years to get at the top of their field and make $50,000 a year. You, you just can't yeah. do it. True. So um, I, I do believe that there has to be you know, I, and and I'm I'm all for the doctors and the nurses because they get their hands dirty. You know, uh, hospital administrations do not, and that's why I don't like health insurance people because they don't get their hands dirty. They shuffle around money, and they they health insurance companies basically play the odds with the public. Who's going to need the care the most? Yeah, and uh, that's where, the, in my opinion, where the the real money is getting wasted. I don't necessarily mind hospital workers making a decent wage, um, but by the same token, there's so many people who are skimming off of that, skimming off the hard work of others and, and shuffling paper around. That is what needs to be addressed. And uh, here again, a lot of that pharmaceuticals play into that as well. So... Those, it's a very complicated thing. Like uh, Donald Trump said, one, <laughs> it was a big surprise. You know, I didn't realize this healthcare was a uh, was a complicated thing, but it is. Yeah. And uh, uh, I really think that we 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 got to take this two dimensional thing. It's either it's either uh, you know public, it's either governmental run, or it's entirely in the free sector. I I, I don't know that we have to take some elements of both of that. And I really feel that the general public has to understand that this isn't insurance. This isn't just like you invest in your retirement. You have everybody has to invest in their health care. And uh, that's going to be a long way off because there's just way too much money floating around in those insurance companies and, and pharmaceuticals right now for people to give that up. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But anyway, we're, we're, we're running on, on the end of our uh, on our time here before. Before I let everybody go, I just want, want to remind everyone, this podcast will return live Thursday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth, we are on Spreaker, and we are also on iTunes. Tomorrow night, uh, Sugar Shan, you want to tell us what's on tap for tomorrow night with your program? We're going to have in these layman's terms, and we're going to have a little special segment, because tomorrow is actually my three-year wedding anniversary. And oh, wow. Christina's going to be on the show. Probably somewhere between oh. eight and eight thirty, and she's gonna drop by, and we're just gonna do a segment where uh, the guys ask us questions, kind of like a newlywed type game, to see if we know how much we know about each other after which, which we've been together fourteen years today. Yeah, and and uh, fourteen years today was as our wow. When we've That's great. Together. That's absolutely but fantastic. Married yeah. three tomorrow, so I took a long time to decide to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Didn't want to rush into anything. Yeah, yeah, don't rush, man. Take your time, hell. Yeah, you gotta you vet them carefully for crazy before you. Yeah, yeah, you gotta inspect, man. God, you know. But uh, if you ever run for president, Billy, yeah, I want to be your campaign manager. I already got your slogan. Oh yeah, what did that be? <laughs> Vote Billy D's. If you don't like Billy, you can suck D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting marketing slogan. Well, the way things are going in 10 years, that might be an effective campaign. (laughs) You ain't ain't sitting, man. That's a damn truth right there, brother. That's the damn truth. That is funny. Okay. Uh, Jack, you got any closing uh, comments for the folks at home? Well, I just wanted to say in regards to the healthcare thing, I looked into Cobra when I quit my job initially. Oh. And they wanted $600 a month from me. Oh, yeah. Which is my rent plus all of my living expenses per month. Yeah. So I decided it was a scam and I'm not going to pay into it. They tried that um, shit with my uncle, too, and he turned them down. Yeah. I just said no. That's the thing, man. Like, me and a lot of people my age, you know, if we get into a catastrophic type medical situation, (laughs) I can tell you right now, I'm not paying it. There's no way I can ever pay it back. No, I could, dude declare bankruptcy and move on that's what's yeah. going to happen to a lot of us um and i really do think that if, if a lot of people like a huge majority like a huge chunk of people just stop paying their medical bills i think there'd be some kind of change yeah yeah but the thing is you got to get people to you know risk it and go against what they've been taught their entire lives and there's going to be a lot of resistance with that so i don't yeah. know yeah. in closing i want to say health care is a scam and um it there needs to be something done with it but uh, other than that i'll see you guys tomorrow night at tuesday or at the layman's terms thing all right awesome awesome all right well um that's going to do it for our podcast this evening want to thank everyone for listening on behalf of sugar shane and jack casey have a great evening i'm billy Dees. have a good one guys peace Introducing my new $4.99 Spicy Chicken Strips Combo. 100% all-white meat strips with crunchy batter and the perfect kick of spice. The chicken is bigger, tastier, and only $4.99 with fries and a drink. Go get it. Plus tax. Limited time only. Price and participation varies. Three-piece combo with small drink and fries. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.